0: hey everyone i um thank you for coming back i just want to say thank you again for everyone who's following and listening um i've got some really good reviews and i'm grateful for that i was really surprised i didn't expect um to get any uh but i just want to say thank you uh to those of you who have taken the time to rate and review my podcast um Thank you to some of my girlfriends who have come out and shared some of their stories with me. Um, I really appreciate that. You guys, you know who you are. Um, You know my little tribe. I'm very blessed to have you girls in my life and to be able to share stories. It's been, you know, it's very common, unfortunately, more common than I thought these types of individuals that are out there and I just think it's really important to educate our you know our young adults here that are coming into relationships and the dating scene you know we need to educate our sons and daughters on people who have this trait this characteristic this flaw um, because it's it's not healthy and again, like I've said in my last post, you don't even know it's abuse. You don't even know what's going on because sometimes the narcissist is just so nice. It's, so then you think, well, maybe it's just me. Maybe I just expect too much. So that really makes it hard to realize that you're actually in a toxic relationship. So again, it's very important to educate our kids on this type of behavioral trait because you don't, you don't want them to get caught up in this toxic spool the way you have, the way I have. You want them to have a healthy relationship. So I think it's important to instill this in them now. Um, like we do physical abuse, alcohol abuse, drug abuse. So that is, um, that is key. We definitely need to educate our kids I um, want to say thank you to Lynette, Lynette and Annie. Um, I read your reviews and I just want to say thank you so much. Um, I'm sorry, Annie, that you had to go through the similar issues that I have. I know what it's like, so I can totally relate. Um, And just, you know, thank you for your encouraging, motivating words. It meant a lot to me. Ladies, thank you. Now, I know I said in my last episode that I would um, get into why immigration wanted my ex-husband, so here it goes. Um, Now, he had committed a felony back in 1991 in New York. He was already married to his first wife. They had a son, so... Again, my son has a half-brother who we don't know. He was cheating on his first wife with a couple other women. One, her name was Lisa um, and Lindell. Lindell ended up being his second wife. So from what I understand... uh, you know, he was married to his first wife, having other affairs and with other women. Obviously, uh, his mom was fully aware of it. His mom would actually uh, lie for him. He bragged about the story that he had where he was at his mom's with one girl and his other girlfriend showed up at his mom's house and his mom let him and this other woman run out the back door as she lied to his girlfriend at the front door. So, it just shows he didn't, probably didn't have any very good moral upbringing. Um, His mom committed insurance fraud, so he learned how to do things, criminal things like that from his own mother. Now, he went to New York to kidnap some really wealthy well-to-do man there in New York who was like a multimillionaire. He told me what it was is that this guy was abusing physically abusing his second his second wife's mother. That My ex-husband went down there to set this guy straight, put him in his place, whatever. And uh, basically that he was defending her honor, and he ended up assaulting this man. Uh, Again, the hero. They're playing the hero. Um, But that's not the truth. That's not what happened. That's not why he got arrested. He actually had a plan. <clears throat> had a plan with his second wife's mother to kidnap this guy and kill him. He um, she propositioned him because she was on this guy's life insurance policy. I guess apparently it's. It's really confusing, but apparently he had two life insurance policies. He was a married man so she was his mistress, but he had her he had her put up in a penthouse and paid for everything and gave her money and she was just his side piece. So he was abusive. Supposedly she propositioned my ex-husband to kill him and she would give him 50000 out of the life insurance policy. Yeah, I know. I'm telling you guys. This is straight out of uh, Snapped and Lifetime Movie Network. So he went down there. He, he actually he had it all planned. And what's so funny is he went down there with a different girlfriend named Lisa. And this girl Lisa didn't even know why they were going down there. He didn't tell her any of this. She rents a car for him down there, a Cadillac. Uh, They go to this gentleman's house and basically take him. Like he assaults him. He takes him. He says, you need to come with us because we have your daughter. I just, I read all the court minutes and everything when I got it. And uh, mind you guys, I got it after the fact, after my assault, after he was arrested and I, I read this, and I was, like, blown away. Like, what the hell? So dumbass doesn't even know what he's doing. He's trying to be like he's mafia, taking this guy, you know, holding, thinking he's going to hold him for ransom. But this guy, like, fought back, and it turned into an assault and a fight. Um, between the two of them and then cops were called so it didn't even work. <laughs> it didn't even work. The cops ended up arresting him. They found duct tape, a military knife, ropes in the trunk of the car. Um, So he got arrested and this guy who he tried to kidnap, and hold for ransom or kill whatever he was going to do to get his money. It didn't work. The guy was so wealthy and so well-to-do in the city that he knew lots of important people. Uh, So he got, he pushed for the full extent, and he ended up getting four years in prison in Rakers Island in New York. So again, that's not the story he told me. He told me he was the hero. He was just trying to protect his mother-in-law, our soon-to-be mother-in-law. Um, it was just insane. That's the story was insane. So the, that's why immigration wanted him. He he should have actually been deported back in 1991. He fell through the cracks. And ultimately that's what immigration said. He fell through the cracks. So, well, thanks. Thanks to <laughs> Thanks to me, I could have never even crossed paths with this guy. He would have been gone back in 1991, 92. But he fell through the cracks. He did four years in Rakers Island. When he got out, he... Well, when he got out, he wasn't supposed to leave the state. He was supposed to stay in New York, go see his parole officer. Um, But instead, he took off because he says he didn't have anything, just the clothes on his back. So he took off and went back to Hungary to see his dad. Uh, his dad didn't really give him anything, not much. And then basically he guilted who was his second wife, but at that point he wasn't, he guilted her, Lindell, to take him in saying if it wasn't for her and her mother, he would have never gone to prison, that it was their fault that they propositioned him and that, him being the wonderful man that he is, protected them and protected her mother and never told the authorities that her mother propositioned him to kill this guy for fifty thousand dollars you know, he, he said, I just I couldn't do that to her mom. There's no way her mom could handle prison. So I took it. I took I took it all. I took the blame. Hero, hero, whatever, liar. So, yeah, he, uh, he guilted Lindell and basically kind of threatened and said, you know, it, I could always go back to the authorities and tell them what your mom did. It, it, you know, oh, but by this time, too, Lindell and her mother had flown back to Australia because that's where they're from. They lived out here uh, in California for a while, but they went back out to Australia. And my ex-husband said that they just left him holding the bag and they took off and left him. And that basically Lindell and her mom owed him. So he, they basically he talked her into giving him money, flying him out to Australia to stay with her and her mom, that her mom put him through school because she felt so guilty for what she did and that he wasted four years of his life going to prison for her so that he put her through school, he put him through school, and then he ended up marrying Lindell. Well, he married her because he said she owed him. Not that he loved her, that she owed him. And if it wasn't for her and her mom, he would have never went to prison. No, no bullshit. Your choice, your decisions, no one can make those for you. So he guilted these people, manipulated them, scared them so that they would take him in. And they did. And he used them. He ended up marrying Lindell. That's, you know, that's how they get the claws in and the anchor. And eventually he ended up getting kicked out of Australia. Lindell's family, from what I heard, I didn't hear this from her mouth. So my apologies. I'm not going to speak for her. I'm only going to say what I do know. I was told that her family or her siblings, someone like that, tipped off the authorities in Australia that this guy fled New York, he's on parole, and now he has a warrant out for his arrest because he wasn't supposed to leave the state of New York after he got released, not until his parole was done. So... This is how badly this woman's family could not stand my ex. They despised him, obviously. And he also got in trouble in Australia for check fraud. (laughs) Insurance fraud. Whatever. This guy just doesn't stop. So they tipped off the authorities there and got him kicked out of Australia. So he got kicked out of Australia. He had nowhere to go. But to come back to California. Um, since uh, Lindell was his wife, he, you know, made her feel bad and guilted her into coming back here with him, which she did. But he knew upon arrival back here to the States that he was going to get arrested. Because he had a warrant out for his arrest because he violated his parole. So as soon as they got back here from his story to me, as soon as they got back here from Australia, he did have um, authorities there waiting for him at the airport that took him in. And he ended up doing like another <laughs> eight months, I think. But in a smaller facility, it wasn't like a big jail so he ended up doing like eight months for violating his parole, and you know Lindell would go and visit him, give him money, get him, give him things that he needed. Uh, this is what he told me. So you know he's got to have his supply. She was his supply. I'm sure she didn't know it then, just like I didn't know I was his supply. And that's what it is. Narcissists need their supply. They need their, they're very codependent. They're very, like I said, their self-esteem is very low. They need constant validation, constant admiration, and they will get it from any source that they can. At that point, I'm sure Lindell was his primary supply, but he had other ones. Like who was this girl, Lisa, that went to New York with him in the first place? Another girlfriend. Why are you going to take another girlfriend with you when you're planning a criminal act and for your other girlfriend's mom? And then this other girlfriend didn't even know she was involved in it. She was like, what the hell's going on? What did I get myself into? Because he's a liar. And and you're going to drag other people into your criminal acts with you? Shame on you. That's disgusting. So, and this other girl, Lisa, she, she was in all the court paperwork, too. And she pled out. She pled out. She didn't even know what was happening. Um, I don't know whatever happened to her. I never contacted her. But I do know because of this whole entire thing, he... Should have been deported a long time ago. Now, that's why immigration wanted him now. So, because I didn't get the full story and know exactly what was going on, yeah, you feel bad like, oh, well, he was just trying to help his mother-in-law or his his girlfriend's mom, you know, she was being abused. You know what? What a hero. You know, it's it wasn't his fault. So again, you know, the lies, they try to make themselves out to be the victim and poor me, I was just trying to help. And then they left me, they left me holding the bag, (sighs) the toxic pool that we're in. I'm sure you guys are feeling this because it's all over the place. And I was just so confused. So not knowing exactly what happened, of course, I'm freaking out. I'm a new mom. My husband is facing deportation. So what do I do? I help him get a criminal attorney or I'm sorry, an immigration attorney. So I'm paying for this attorney, $10,000, scared out of my mind that I might have to leave the country with this guy. I you know that I don't have any support system there. I don't speak the language. What what am I going to do for work? Right now I'm the one providing for the family. I'm the biz, I'm the one with the business. I'm the one with the income. So yeah, I uh, naturally I'm upset. I'm freaking out. I'm having a ton of anxiety and then he made it worse because then he straight out asked me Are you going to leave the country with me? If I have to go, are you going to leave with me? And at first, my first initial reaction was like, no. Oh, wow. Was that the biggest mistake I have ever made in that marriage? Because he never let me live that down. Never let me live that down. He went off on me and told me you don't love me if you love me you would tell me I'll go wherever you go wherever you need to go I'll go I love you that much you're my world and I didn't say any of that I was in panic mode you know my home is here this is all that I know I was born and raised here in California all my family's here friends that have known me since kindergarten my support system everything I panicked like I didn't know. And plus, I didn't even know this guy's family. So I just, I panicked and I tried to reel that back in real quick and change my story and be like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, because he just, he wouldn't let me live it down. He did not let me live that down the rest of our marriage. He always brought it up. Always brought it up. Told me that I didn't love him enough. uh, Told me that. If it wasn't for me and our son, he wouldn't even try to fight this deportation. He would just go and say, fuck the United States. That's what he told me. So (laughs) now I should have been like, go, then go. But you know, I mean, I loved him. I had a, a, a new baby. He was 18 months old. I, you know, my whole my whole thought of marriage and family just like it just disintegrated in front of me. My whole just what I wanted out of marriage and family and the family unit and the family bond, the what I wanted what I thought a marriage was supposed to be. It just disintegrated right there in front of me in that moment. And any type of security or well-being that I had was gone too. It was like the rug was ripped out from under my feet, and I couldn't catch my bearings, and I didn't know what to do. And... I was in I was in panic mode. I didn't want him to get deported. I didn't want to leave the country. I I didn't know what to do. So I fought to try to keep him here. I you know, I paid for the immigration attorney and he basically said it was like a 50/50 chance that, you know, he was either going to stay or get deported. So odds weren't that great in my opinion. But the thing is, he knew he was going to get deported because he knew exactly what he had done and just how bad it was. So he knew in his gut he was going to get deported. He was in panic mode. He started buying, um, what is that, Rosella Stone or something like that, trying to learn French. Like he said, he's going to learn French and we'll we'll just move to France. And he's going to learn the, the language. And I mean, I just thought he was being a little too, um, I thought he was being a little too extreme. Yeah, I was trying to stay optimistic and he was very pessimistic. But I know why now he knew just how bad it was. He was going to get deported. There was no fighting. We were just fighting time. We were buying him time to keep him here. I didn't know that. That was my, that was one of my mistakes is I didn't dig in further and I should have and I had the resources, but maybe I I was just afraid to find out. Maybe I was afraid for my son and him losing his father. Now, looking back on everything, it's the best thing that could have ever happened for my son and I. But back then, when you have an 18-month-old, you think they need their father. I mean, you, you, you want them to have the whole family unit. You want them to have both their mom and their dad there. And that's what I wanted for my son. And looking back on it now, I'm I'm glad... That he was taken away because he was very toxic and very abusive. And the whole time, you know, going back about how narcissists need their supply. You know, I was his primary supply. I was his money bag, his money tree. I honestly feel like our son was his anchor baby. uh, Because I wasn't his only supply. I was just the primary. He had Other women, other supply that I just, I didn't know about. Um, And I know that after immigration came and we were battling, we battled immigration for about six years, six, seven years. And uh, during that whole time, I know he was out just getting supply after supply after supply It's just what they do. They're emotional vampires. They're just, they are vampires. They just suck the life out of you. He drained me. He drained me physically. I literally thought I had a disease or something. I did not know what was going on with my body. And it was anxiety to the extreme. And that's the thing. anxiety in some situations like mine is your body, your soul not connecting with this other energy in your life because the energy is so toxic and so bad that your body and your soul start reacting and shaking and trying to to tell you but I didn't know that I seriously I was going from doctor to doctor to doctor you know having telling them my symptoms because they were so bizarre at times and you know really i felt like i was dying slowly i was just my being was just it was just leaving me like my sense of self who i was it was leaving me i didn't even know who i was anymore it's it was such a mind fuck excuse my language i just didn't know what was happening i literally seriously thought I had MS or, or something because it was insane. I just couldn't comprehend and wrap my head around that anxiety and depression can leave you feeling this physically sick. And now I realize that you know what my disease was. It was my ex-husband. He was my disease. It was dis-ease. He was causing me so much dis-ease. He was my disease. He was making me sick. He was draining me, draining the life out of me, draining my emotions, draining it so much out of me that I hardly had anything left to give our son. But I fought it every day. I fought to get out of bed. I fought to be the best mother that I could be in that situation. Because damn you, if you're going to take away my ability of being the best mother to this little boy who needs me, who needs to be protected from you. And that's what I did. I fought tooth and nail. I prayed. I asked for God to help me, to help me, help me know, do I continue this marriage? Like, what do I do, Lord? Guide me, Lord. Protect me, Lord. Show me. Show me the way. You know, and he eventually did. And I have testimony for that, which we will get into in the next episode. But yeah, these narcissists, they will literally suck the life out of you people. And it's not just men who are narcissists and sociopaths, it's women too. Although it's more prominent in men than it is in women. But women can be too. So, men, I'm not bashing you. You're not the only ones out there who do this. There are women out there too who are predators as well. And they do this to men too. It's just more common in men than it is in women. So, just keep your eyes open, people. Protect yourselves. Anyways, again, here I go rambling on. Um, We're going to get more into uh, my testimony, what I feel that God did for me, because I give all the glory to God. He definitely saved me and my son. And I'm actually going to have my sister on my next podcast, so you guys can get an idea how it feels for your family members and your close ones in your family unit watching you go through a narcissistic relationship and how it affects them because it does affect them, people. It really, truly does. I still carry guilt to this day for bringing this person into my family and affecting my family and hurting my family too. You know, I mean, the threats, everything. He threatened to put a bullet in my entire family's heads and mine and taking her son and leaving the country. I just I'm going to have my sister on next week. You guys will get her take on it as well and just see how these relationships affect people around you. You think you're the only one affected, but you're not. So, again, everyone, thank you for listening. I will catch up Next week, we're going to move on and I just want to wish you all peace and blessings and have a great, great day. Love you guys.